Everybody, get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo, Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Match up my eyes. Love Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review, the show brought to you, theoretically, by RUScreening.com. I am Just your host. Little, you're just mixing it up a little bit every time. I, I love it. You, now you're, you've interrupted me. I'm, I'm your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, <laughs> Is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. I was just waving. <laughs> was I waving to you? You were. Like, Hello. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you were thinking about we were going to do oh, the man. video version. We've talked about this. You're planning ahead. This actually should be really cool if we ever get to it. Yeah, you're planning ahead for when we do that. I am. You can wave at people. Uh, this week we're doing pain and gain. Um, and before we jump right into the movie, I want to actually mention a couple of other movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because there are some interesting off-the-beaten-path things this weekend. And if you're not looking for pain and gain and you're just listening to us because you love listening to us, that's uh, super awesome, that's awesome as well. Right. Um, but, you know, your, your options are maybe a little limited for new stuff. For new st- but yeah. there's plenty of stuff still out there. But the other thing that opened this weekend is The Big Wedding, which could not be getting more trashed by critics. So glad pain and gain opened so we didn't have to go see that. <laughs> right. I, I have to say, I haven't seen it, but I've actually seen quite a bit of it. I've seen like a lot of huh. clips that if you put it all together, all right. you right. know, I, I've seen like a half hour or so of the movie yeah. and, and it's different for sure. <laughs> Especially if you it's consider all the people, I mean, what other movie has had like this many names in it right. that ought to at least get you decent. Yeah. You know? This movie has so many people in it, and yet it is getting so trashed Pounded. like you can't even believe. Yeah. The last time I looked, I think it was 6% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So <laughs> uh, so you may not be I'm looking curious. to go see that. So so I was going to, uh, you know, I wanted to just throw out a couple of other options. There is a unfortunately limited release movie um, right now called The Numbers Station. That is in select theaters right now, so if you're in a big enough market, that's an option for you. It's a John Cusack movie. He is kind of a spy, whatever. The yeah. the movie focuses on these numbers stations, right, that don't really exist. Right. Because no one will ever say that they really exist, right, right? where, uh, you know, people are, are giving – agents in the field and that doesn't mean they do necessarily exist because what the hell do i know i don't know if they really exist (laughs) i mean i'm I'm saying it like i know something like it's verified (laughs) like clearly they really exist and and no one will admit to it but anyway um so it's like they give these number codes over like shortwave radio because nobody can intercept it whatever and yeah Uber secret codiness, and then basically what they're doing is they're they're telling their agents in the field who to assassinate or right. what to blow up or you know God knows Whatever. what anything, and 
and the movie has very few people in it, so it's sort of cool along those lines. Like right. John Cusack is an agent in the field, and early on in the movie has a crisis of conscience, basically. Yeah. And does not want to kill somebody, and you know oh. the same story as all of right. the, all these movies, whatever. But so he basically gets reassigned for a while until he can get his head right, right, to one of these number stations where it's a civilian who runs the number station, and they work in shifts with other teams or whatever, and it's like you know the civilians don't know what they're really doing, right? All right. they know is they're sending out these numbers. They get a certain code in. They have right. to do some major translation with the code. Then they send the code out, but they don't actually they know what they're doing. Know. Yeah. And uh, what obviously happens, because you just know this is going to happen, is that, you know, somebody infiltrates the station and stuff, and then, you know, yeah. whatever, hilarity, hilarity ensues. Right, right. yeah. Um, but it's it's actually pretty good. It's not. It's very indie. It's not the greatest movie you've ever seen. But Sounds all right. there are a lot of pretty cool parts because it is so limited in who there is. Yeah. What interactions there can really be, you know, who, uh, what do they know about what's going on in the outside world now that they're in trouble and all right. this all this sort of stuff. So it's pretty cool. And right. if you like John Cusack, you know, you'll I you'll like probably him. like it. He's good yeah. in it. Another one that is a uh, really small thing that uh, just, I think, Friday uh, became available on, uh, you know, like on demand. It's on iTunes. Yeah. It's on uh, Amazon Instant, that kind of stuff uh, that you can get it through is um, it's called Sea Girl Run. And it's got uh, it's got, uh, geez, what's her name? Tunny. Um from The Mentalist. I can't yeah. remember her first name now. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally lost. Yeah. Um, but, wife. but you know, she's, uh, I'm sure tons of people know her from The Mentalist. She's the, the, the head cop, right? right? Um, Myra, Moira, Moira. I, I feel like I want it to be an M name. Anyway. I'll look it up. I didn't really want it. And, to that, uh, but. right. So it's her and, uh, the other, the other pretty big person in the movie is Adam Scott, who, Right. I mean, he's in everything. You got to know him from something, right? It's, he's he's in all kinds of stuff. Um, Robin Tunney. Not Robin Tunney. That's right. That's Robin not Tunney. even Moira or Myra or whatever. Anyway, um, and so this uh, this <laughs> one is pretty cool because it, it takes place largely in Maine, mm-hmm. and I'll never remember the name of the place, <laughs> but it's it's God, I some just look this up too. It's some just perfectly crazy named main town where it's uh i don't even know what the name of it is because it's not that close to here but um but it's a real place i mean it's when they say it in the movie it's that kind of place where you go they made up that name to to put something in the movie but anyway what it is it starts out uh robin tunney's character is trying to get onto a reality show Mm -hmm. and okay so she's married she now lives in Boston or New York or something. I, I'm not even sure, but uh, she lives somewhere like that. In you know, she's made it out into like the big city, right? Right. And uh, so this, she's been married for five years, and she it, it seems as though she does not go back home a lot, right? But she's trying to get on this reality show that uh, is going to be a show based on reconnecting people 
with like their old flames. Okay. So Adam Scott is like her high school boyfriend. And there's this like gag in the movie that they keep popping up with that they never really broke up. <laughs> she moved away and they went on with their lives and she got married and the whole thing, but they never had that conversation really where <laughs> they broke up. Yeah, right. Done. They right. just, they just went their separate ways. And it's obviously, you know, years and years ago. I mean, they're right. They're not like, you know, <laughs> young people, right. Whatever. So she's going through the motions of trying to get on this, uh, reality show and she eventually gets really far and eventually they get to where she's talking to the producer and she's kind of disqualified and she doesn't understand why and they're talking about it because then they talk to Adam Scott right? and Adam Scott just still has a thing for her right. and he sends her postcards all the time and he's this really weird artist who draws frog paintings and stuff like that and he's trying to like make it as an artist or something right yeah and but you know he sends her pictures and so they've had contact and she's going well i mean that doesn't i've never even replied to him like he just sends me stuff once in a while or whatever but basically you kind of get the hint from that that it's not just that he sends these cards it's that you know he's still really right not at all over her so that doesn't work for the premise we want for the show right so she takes that as, you know, she's in a kind of a, maybe like a boring phase in her marriage, you might say. Yeah. And so she kind of just takes this as like a jumping off point to like go back and right. and see him anyway. And and then she has to, she has to deal with her family. It and sounds like stuff. some Reese Witherspoon, Sweet Home Alabama thing. Like, isn't that the same premise of this film where she in, had to like go ki- back and in get kind of In and, kind of a way, like maybe. It but, sounds um, like... A lot of it, too, is that so now um, she has to deal with her brother who's like clinically depressed and an alcoholic and has nothing to show for his life. And, you know, whatever. There's this whole like weird family dynamic she's got going on. And then she doesn't really know what she's doing. It's, It's almost like she doesn't even know if she really wants to see him or whatever. Right. She's just this whole thing is like kicked off this thought process in her mind that you know she, she wants to, to know what yeah. if and she right. wants to know whatever anyway yeah. but it's a very cute movie and she's really good in it and yeah adam scott is good because he, he's really right. good he's i good. like him yeah. he, he's good in most things and he's got i mean he just like drips with like charm on screen right. like you can't not like him right but anyway it's just a really Really fun movie, and it's a very small production. It, it yeah. actually was at South by Southwest, not this most recent one, but the year before. Yep. before. Yep. And it's written and directed by a guy who I think has, you know, one other tiny independent film. This has been out but, a while, but then. it's really cool. I mean, not out a while, it's but been, it's been done a it's while. It's been out in the universe right. a while, been, yeah. But it has not been pushed like on, like you were saying, video right. demand and stuff. I mean, right. It's only now that South you can by get Southwest it. ago was like three years ago, so. Well, no, it's the last one just happened not very long ago. Right? Oh, right, last one before. All right, I'm right, putting right. one extra year on it. Right, still, still, it's a, it's a while. It's, it's been a while, so it's been out in the ether yeah. for quite a while. Anyway, so just thought I'd throw that out for some interesting options to look at for other things to do before we jump into paying a game. Yeah, which we will do now. Yeah, and uh, you know, going into paying a game. So it's Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and Tony Shalhoub, several other interesting people, right? Tony yeah. Shalhoub's in it, 
And uh, he was a lot better than I thought he would be at this particular part. Like, I like him a lot, but I like him mostly. He's not a guy that I think everything he's in, I'll love. Right. Like, I liked him in Monk. I thought yeah, he was... He was great for Monk. He was really great in that role. But I, And he's he's been really good in a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. In, uh, you know, there's a movie he did with uh, Stanley Tucci called Big Night, which is, mm-hmm. like, one of my favorite movies. I love I that have movie. Yeah, I know you've talked about this. Um, and he's he's perfect in the role of that. Yeah. But I don't think he's a guy where you can just go, you know, stick him in everything and guy. I'll love him, right? Right. And as soon as I figured out uh, who he was supposed to be in this movie, you know, I mean, a long time ago when you know the story and finally go, he's the guy in this part. Right. I really wondered if that was going to make sense, yeah. you know, because I don't know. He just doesn't scream pulling this guy off exactly, especially with like the the places he has to go mm-hmm. as the kidnapped person. But man, I thought he was good. You know what's I weird about really that? Good. Sometimes you just get actors who who want to branch out and do other stuff and they can't. They're like they're good at right, a certain right. niche. So they're character actors. Right. And that's their lot in life and if they keep needing those characters, they're gonna get hired for a long time. Right. Then you got people who are really successful and really talented but the audience won't let them branch out because they're so used to seeing them. Right. You know, Michael J. Fox is the hugest one in my memory. The guy had all kinds of talent, but no one wanted to see him be anybody other than Alex Keaton right. or Marty McFly. So he was stuck doing these like light comedy things forever. Then you've got somebody, you know, who just will do all these different things and the audience will accept it, you know. And it, it's weird. Like I wondered as well about Tony Shalhoub if people just wouldn't see him as Monk and not anybody else, and wouldn't right, allow right. him to be anybody, even though he's talented and truly capable. Right. It was never a thing of like, wow, I don't think that guy can pull that off, versus I don't know if the audience is going to let him do it. Right. Kind of weird, the way that the audience... It just, yeah, it just that. seemed like a weird, uh, a weird, not a weird like kind of a role for him. Right. Yeah. And I didn't think he was going to do it well either. I just didn't, I just didn't see it. Right. I thought it would be somebody smarmier and... Exactly, because that's the, but, who he has to be. And later that's, in the movie, really he, it's he almost like the, the 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 character that he plays, who is very fundamental to the whole movie. But when you first see him, I didn't buy it. Like, really, I thought it was like a Michael Bay cliche pastiche of all these characters who he's supposed to be. I didn't buy it for the first 20 minutes because he was so that character. Right. But the guy he is in the last hour and a half of the movie, perfect. Right, like absolutely perfect. Like I bought it when 100%. he's uh, like when he's just in the gym, right? And when he's just, just there. Just when you being first the kind meet him, of... I didn't buy that. I was right. like, yeah, you're trying too hard to sell that you're such a sleazy guy. Right, exactly. I'm not getting it, and it has nothing to do with loving you as monk. It's just you're trying too hard. Right. But later, man, you, I bought it. I was like, man, right. that's he perfect. Good. He was great. I also want to say uh, quickly before we get uh, too far involved in this, and then I'll get lost, um, and, and I'll forget about it. We've got uh, the phone lines are open, the chat room is open, and I did get a. I have gotten over the past couple of months, you know, several emails basically about the fact that uh, people would be interested to get in and ask a question or something. Yeah. But they, but they, they're like, I'm not going to listen to the show live. That's just <laughs> right. Well, and so deal with it. So uh, if that happens to be you, obviously you can always. Send us an email. Go to oh, ruscreening.com, yeah. and you know you'll figure out how to send us an email easily enough, right? Um, but if that is not an option for you, so I've set up something new on Are You Screening now. Okay. 
where uh, you can go to areyouscreening.com, and it doesn't matter if it's an upcoming show, a past show, uh, you know, whatever you might want to get on the air with. And there's a little button on, like, the bottom left-hand corner of the website now where you can go and leave a voicemail. Oh, that's cool. And that voicemail will record from your computer's microphone, or you can also, there's a button you can click on there, and you can have it send an email to your phone, Mm -hmm. which will then open up and you can record it from your phone. That's kind of cool. And that voicemail will come to us, and rather than just saying so-and-so sent us an email or something, we will just turn you on the show. We can just upload the file. And you can be right on the show, even if you can't be with us live. And I would assume, you know, anybody that wants to send you something, they can always send you at Are You Screening. You know, they can send you a Twitter question. Right, absolutely, right. Or if you want to use that cool function, it sounds like if you don't really want your voice thrown on the show, but you want your question addressed, you can still use that. Right, absolutely. You could still say, you know, I don't don't really want to be on the show. Right. And that's cool. But it's just one easier way to uh, get in touch with us if you want to. I think it's awesome we get emails anyway. And I think it's really fun when they have good questions or they're just like, I like this. Why didn't you talk about that? Right. You know, but... I think if we had enough questions, we would actually dedicate like the first five minutes of a show to, you know, like, hey, mailbag. Let's just right, see what exactly. everybody asks. So. Right. And just, you know, how cool would it be that you could just go, right. okay, play, and right. here's this question, here's question and then and we, we get it. it. Yeah, that's really cool. So um, that's a cool function. You know, that's actually. just like one that. other thing. I would love it, you know, if people take advantage of that and, yeah, and, and jump on that. So uh, anyway, back to pain and gain. Um so we know the general overall story is a true story to some degree or another. The way that right? you, I, I almost wanted you to like groan out loud when it said based on a true story because you always love that, but you love it more when it's a horror film, right? Except you know? that in except this, this case, this is really based on in this these case, really crazy I, events. I knew several things uh, that happened during the movie, uh, kind of an outline of the plot. So I knew going in that at least to a certain extent, it does stick to the plot yeah. uh, of a true story right. that I know and remember. Right. <laughs> I mean, Me it was, it like, was a long time ago. It was but, a while ago, and I didn't read too deeply into it, but I remember when it came right. out, basically because they said they're going to make a movie out of this. And I was like, well, I'll breeze this. And I was like, that's going to make an interesting movie. Right. And it was uh, 95, I think, or 96 or, or so, something like that. So. But... But this is a true story. Now, eventually you get down to places like, you know, did that really happen? Right. I mean, did we really have the barbecue with the hands right. on it or something like that? Who knows Who knows, who knows where part, we get right. lost? But the overall arc of things is I knew it really was a true story. Yeah. And I do actually just love that thing. You know, whenever you see a horror movie and it says based right. on a true story, right. that is <laughs> – But anyway, you know, you know you're in for some awesome. But this yeah. – is based on a true story about, um, like I said, 95 or 96, and it was in uh, Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. Three bodybuilders, all from like the same gym, yep. who, uh, you know, got it in their head that they needed a way to make some more money, and they uh, kidnapped this guy, Schiller. Pretty sure his name is Schiller, yeah. I think. In the film, it's Kershaw, but. Um, and uh, oh right, uh, I mean 
the movie says name change to right. protect the. I right. mean, You're outing example. There's witness protection well, flying in right now. Yeah, except that yeah. you know, if you Google the right, story, you, you get the real you, name. It tells you the real Who name. Google's right? anymore. But anyway, <laughs> right? I mean, if you Bing it, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I've I meant. I've seen those say. commercials. Those are funny. That's what I meant. Anyway, to say. Um, Kershaw. I, yeah, I love it. I love it how the CW is like getting tons of money from <laughs> right. Bing because you see their characters on their <laughs> yeah. shows. Like, well, awesome. just Bing it. Right. <laughs> like That's like awesome. people say that. Anyway, uh, yeah, jumping far afield. So they kidnap this guy, and basically they force him while he's kidnapped to, like, first of all, call people and sell a story about why he's not around. Right. So he's, like, calling his wife. He's calling his business partners. He's right. calling Made everyone everybody, yeah. and, and telling them that he's going to be gone or whatever so right. that he's not a missing person. And then right. – they get him to, uh, you know, sign over everything that he owns. Right. And they get the guy who owns the gym to be the notary. And it's like everything is just legal-ish, whatever. Right. And and then, unfortunately, he recognized one of them. Mm-hmm. So now they have to kill him. Right. <laughs> Apparently, they actually had a scheme where they were going to let him go. Except that, how could that really work out? I mean, you never know. But it no. almost worked out anyway, you're right? Probably, yeah, no one believed right. him. So, right. so they get him to sign over uh, everything right. that that he's Business, got. Houses, money, all of it. And and it just becomes, as you go on, this increasingly bizarre story about how stupid stupid people actually are. Right. Like like sometimes Basically. sometimes you get into a certain situation where. Even though you you're going into the game knowing someone's stupid, you can't believe the stupid things <laughs> that, that they stupid, do. Right? Like, um, you know, I don't know that we can spoil a true story that everybody knows or anything. But so they they eventually they kidnap him, they get all his stuff, and then they try to kill him, right. and, and they try to kill him over and over. They try to kill him like four different ways. And in that five part, that's yeah. like one of the surprising things that I kind of wanted to know about because that part actually happened pretty much that way. Yeah. Which is just amazing. That's mind blowing. <laughs> it is mind blowing that you have three men who try to kill one guy it who's is. like duct taped and trapped and drunk. And completely and, drunk and right Absolutely to start just unable of defending himself right. and they miss every single shot. And know? and I, I read some stuff online about the true story <laughs> of this story. happening because there are, you know, there's he eventually wrote a book about it and, you know, obviously at the time the news was all right. over this, like, insanely once it finally got to trial, right? And apparently that really is pretty darn close, pretty close to, how it went down, to yeah. what happened. I mean, it's, like, movie-fied a little bit, but even even to the point where apparently uh, in his book, you know, they the one guy seat-belted him in. Yeah. And the... <laughs> Well, they're gonna, they're gonna saved try, him from getting they, killed in the crash. They, they and, liquor him up, and then they pour a bunch of liquor on him, and then they put him in a car, and they're going to run him towards construction equipment. And they, you know, this is going to kill him. Right. And the funny thing is, is one of the bodybuilders buckles him in. He's, right. What, when what? he gets questioned about it later, when Mark Wahlberg's character is just like, why did you do that? He goes, it's against the law. It's the law. Like, Buckle that's, up. That's the it's answer. the law. Right. And that is – and they make a point of this in the film when Ed Harris – his character, Dubois, shows up as a private investigator, a former cop who finally believes Kershaw, and he's like trying to check out his story. 
he literally says the one thing, and it's cliche. Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Right. You know, and sometimes what happens in real life you could never get away with in a book or a movie. Right, right. Except unless you say it's based on these two and, events. And that really went down like that, and that's amazing. And and then it, it gets to the point where now, as far as, like, getting the Ed Harris guy, I'm not really sure. That seems like maybe yeah. that happened kind of like that or whatever. A little like that, but I guess. But when he eventually gets into the hospital, and so they think they've killed him. Right. Like, events transpire to where they think that they have killed him, yeah. and then and so they just drive away. Right, they just go on. And then they're looking for his name in the obituaries and find out that he's in the <laughs> hospital. Right. And they did really go to the hospital <laughs> to kill yeah, him. Get him. And he was already gone, apparently. But, I mean, it's just the the number of things that are so ludicrous that right. happen throughout in order to make this whole chain of events happen. Yeah. And the really weird thing is if they'd have just killed him. Right. They would have gotten away with it. They would have totally gotten away with it, and they would have been fine until the next people the next they people tried to do it right. to, maybe, and, and right. then – you know, whatever. But even with those, even with the next time they did it, yeah. for as insanely dumb as these people are, mm-hmm. they could have got they away with got it away with again. That yeah. And that was another thing, that, which is, you know, just an interesting fact about the true story is that this actually is right. the first case where a body was identified right. because of the implants right. <laughs> that right. they took out of the person and they knew who it was when they were dead yep. because they actually covered their tracks yep. somewhat well or whatever. It's just crazy. It's to weird think. how sometimes that case gets referenced in just because, you know, if I'm looking on Bing or Google or Yahoo or wherever for the news and you'll see something where forensic science says, well, we'll check that now. Right. Always do the dental records. Everybody knows dental fingerprints that's why you burn fingerprints off or, right. you know in public or whatever and now they're like well we'll search for surgery you know, right. is there right. anything implanted in them right. whether it's breasts or you know anything pins right. needle whatever and they always are like a quick sentence reference back to that case and i think it's funny right. that it, that is the first it, time it works it's really wild it, it, and it's as, really as you story. watch the movie you know like i said it's one of those movies where you as you're watching the movie and see, this is a this is a weird thing, and like I almost kind of don't want to spoil this part, but this really is a movie where you're watching it, and eventually you're going to get to the point where you go, well, I mean, now that didn't happen, right? And so the movie actually reiterates the fact that but this is this really, is a true yeah, story, right? Because this is like a clear example of a movie where you could seriously sure, be, you, you crazy, would you yeah. would be watching it. And you could well think, well, except, I mean, all this stuff didn't really happen. Especially if you put somebody's name on it, like Michael Bay, who you know know automatically has, like what we were talking about, a built-in litmus test for people. You really just like Michael Bay or you don't. Right. Not many people are just kind of like middling, like, eh, I can take him or leave him. No. I don't know anybody that can take him. No, no, me either. Um, So you see that stuff and you're right. You literally think like, well, this is Michael Bay being Michael Bay. Actually, no, that's kind of him just sticking to the script. You you would think, you could easily think watching this movie that, you know, okay, fine. Some of this stuff at the beginning is really how it started. And then some of the stuff at the end and they get caught and that's really what happened. And all this stuff in the middle is nonsense. Right. Except that it's not, and yeah, it's crazy. It's really weird. Uh, but, you know, focusing more on the movie, maybe, itself, 
Um, so like Mark, Mark Wahlberg is, you know, the leader of the gang and, uh, they eventually roped Dwayne Johnson in and, and it's the three of them. And, and they are just, it's weird because I, I just hate to be like so stereotypical of the, the world in general, of the bodybuilding world, but they are just, they, they are the, you know, bad name. (laughs) <laughs> they're they're the they bad are. they're the bad rap yeah. that bodybuilders get right? right because they're exactly those people right and Mark Wahlberg even in his own way the worst of all of them because um, like I I don't know I can't remember the other guy's name even yeah I was just looking e- up it, even the actor it's the Anthony uh, Mackey he played Adrian yeah the uh, the the third guy, he's actually the second guy, except right. uh, Dwayne Johnson kind of takes over more. And right. He works with seemed, Wahlberg. Seems like a bigger thing, right. He works, uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg is a personal trainer, whatever, and right. he's he's all about fitness and everything. But the third guy, the third guy is actually to the point where he's too dumb to really be dangerous. Right. I mean, he's so dumb that you don't really have to worry about him. Mark Wahlberg right. is just that one little notch above right. you know where he at least can like have a scheme right you know like right. nothing, he's got his ideas right. nothing would ever have occurred to and that even a, happens anyone in the else. film they're right. both working out and they're looking at each other and the you know the third guy adrian is just like man i gotta get more buff the steroid stuff it's gonna take me into the next level and he's like right mark Wahlberg is like this gym guru who easily impresses and you know kind of um well, I mean, he impresses them to a point, but he also inspires them, you know, to right. do stupid things. But it's just right. out of the realm of their recognition. They're like, we never thought of kidnapping anybody or bettering ourselves. Right, right. Like, well, I've seen a bunch of movies. I know how to do it. Right. And that's enough for them. Right. And, and right. if that's enough for you, that says everything you need to know about you. Right. So it's it's very sad yeah. statement that you don't want to make right. about bodybuilders. But, you know, it, I mean, if they have they have a reputation for not being very bright right it's because of these guys right, i mean right. it's basically sure. you know somebody is the really dumb bodybuilder even if it's right. not fair to say <laughs> you know right. make that stereotype about them all but anyway so mark mark Wahlberg is you know and he's got a certain kind of uh, charm to him mm-hmm. uh even though you, you know it's weird because of course mark Wahlberg does he's mark Wahlberg, right, right? but right. But the way that he talks and the way that he can get people kind of motivated into and, stuff yeah. and whatever, he's got this certain kind of charm that you would think that you have to have to be a successful as a trainer, like, anyway, trainer like, or whatever. Yeah. But um, then you know, eventually it moves along, and uh, we were saying when we came out that there's something very Michael Bay about this movie, mm-hmm. and at the same time, there's not. Yeah, there, there, the most, there's there's something very not Michael Bay about it too. Yeah, there were moments enough that make you remember he's directing, and it's the camera angles, right? It's the, it's the sweeping, and the way certain moves, shots, happen. the way that they happen, right. they are so textbook him that no one else that does it really gets away without. And and not only that, but like right out of the gates, because yeah, right, it's right, exactly when, right, right, when, it's, right when the yeah. movie starts, <laughs> that's all him. There is what happens watching the movie is that we see basically the beginning of the very end of the movie right. first. Right. When the cops are moving in on the gym yep. and Mark Wahlberg is is just there working out, right. going, I'm cool and right. I'm I'm doing my super sit ups or right. whatever and he sees the cops coming and then starts running. Right. 
that's like the first thing that happens. And when that happens, it's almost like Michael Bay's signature just appears on sure. the, yeah. on the yeah. screen because the way he runs across the roofs and the way mm. you look at him when he's doing the way it, we everything, watch him doing it right. It's just so Michael that's Bay that it's not even funny. But then later there are parts where it doesn't. This is the this is the least Michael Bay movie Michael Bay's ever done. Because right. When you see you know any of his films, they're always like almost very factory pressed. Right. Like, this happens, this looks like this, these characters do this. And this isn't like that. In a way, I even said this to you, and I said it to someone else, it's not the greatest of comparisons, because the subject matter is totally different. But if you were sitting around and you said, imagine if Michael Bay had directed Boogie Nights. To me, that's what this movie is. Like, it's Michael Bay with a two-hour-plus film, but it doesn't have explosions or dinosaurs or, you know, car chases. Right. It's got these lunkheads who kind of get into this thing and then it delves into this long story about them, not like 7, 10, 12 hours of their lives, but like two years of their lives. And you see the ups and the downs and all the different character stuff. And yet it's still got flashes of Michael Bay's stuff in it, which is unmistakable. It's it's a very interesting thing just trying to like sit through this movie because – yeah. You know, here's a movie that has to do a lot of its selling by just people talking. Right. And which, not that that is any sort of bad thing in itself, but that is not what you would think. So what's Michael Bay going to direct next? Some yeah. movie where mostly people are just talking They're to each talking. other. That is not... That yeah, is Michael not what Bay happens. does Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. That, there's, no, right, on my radar. There's, there's not a lot of action-y stuff, even when there's weird, crazy action happening, it's still almost like it's not action-y. They kidnap somebody, but without really action. And they kill people without action happening, right? right? I mean, there's still like, when we get to the end and they've kidnapped the next people Mm -hmm. and they kill him, it's still like almost like nothing happened. Right. I mean, so it, that's a very weird Michael Bay lens. It's a you know? weird, right. And it's a weird thing because with other Michael Bay movies or with other movies of this type, you know, you get an arc, you build up the conflict, you hit the conflict, there's a resolution and there's a peak. And then you know where that, where that's at. This film is almost so tempered that all the action, you know, seems to be kind of the same level on a graph. Right. So that when exactly. there is climax, it's no different than, 15 minutes before when there was just confusion. It's like there isn't really. And when there isn't any effect that you get from that, when there isn't any build or resolution, you don't really feel like you've done an accomplishment in the story. Now, I'm not saying the story fails or suffers from it. It actually works. But it doesn't translate into a typical story, especially a Michael Bay story, because everything feels the same. And in a way, that's almost kind of exhausting. Because 20 minutes in, after you've introduced all the characters and there's stuff that is as exciting as 20 minutes after that, you you just kind of regulate and you're like, okay, everything is kind of this pace. It's all frenetic. Right. And it doesn't ever slow down or speed up. It's just kind of like now the next set of events are going to be paced just like that. That's kind of hard to take in a weird way, like in in a very kind of mentally exhausting way. It's kind of like if, um, you know, because this is, for one thing, this is, its own unique story that I think any director would have a tough time with this screenplay, not just this story, but specifically this screenplay, turning it into something that actually pulled you along 
better yeah. than this movie because right. I don't think this movie does a good job of that. Right. I think it does a good job of the stuff that's happening is so weird that you want to watch it anyway. Right. But it doesn't actually pull you into it and and kind of get you involved in the story or something. It's almost like, you know, it's a problem that based on true stories, stories have, you know, because you know the end. Right. Everybody <laughs> and, almost always knows the end of the right. stories. Yeah. And even if you didn't know the end or didn't know the story, <laughs> you could, yeah. right, and you started watching this movie, you just would go, well, obviously they got captured at the end, right? right? So it's like we know what happens. And so trying to deliver something that actually really pulls you into the story is a hard thing to do. Yeah, It's kind of like, uh, you know, the Hatfields and McCoys uh, yeah, you were movie that. that was on, because that was a great version of how to do that, except it wasn't movie length anyway. Right. It was like a big miniseries, right? Yeah. But but there's because that's a story the same thing, you know, you know what yeah. happens at the end. Right. You know where we're going. You know exactly <laughs> yeah. where we're gonna get. And this is the same kind of thing, but the way that it plays out, it's almost like it's not really it's like Michael Bay trying to put this on film is not really trying to make a movie in some weird sense. You know, he's just trying to show you all the stuff and then, but making it come together into a movie is like a different question than just filming all the stuff that happens. Right. He he made a very wise decision or whoever he put as the casting director to get Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne Johnson in there. I don't know if you like those guys or not. You you have to, they are charismatic guys. You know, and and in this instance, you know, if you could hang out with either one of them, I don't know which one you would pick. Not right. because they're murderers and you know right. criminals, but because Dwayne Johnson's character is this enormous mountain of a man who is, to a fault, this kind of Christian ex-con who's really trying to be the straight and narrow guy. Right. So of course he's wrapped up in a murder plot with guys who are bullying him around. Right. And, Mark Wahlberg is this hyper, I'm going to be a do kind of guy instead of a don't kind of guy. Right. And you you can only take him for so long before you're like, I really want to kill you, but you're bigger and stronger right. than me, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But we were, we were saying that as we were walking out, too, that we just got a Michael Bay film that wasn't like all of his regular Michael Bay films. I'm not so sure I like this Michael Bay. I, I agree. Too. Like, in a weird way, I want the comfort of the – and that goes back to Tony Shalhoub at the beginning, which is – I don't know that audiences are going to accept this version of Michael Bay when they want what they want from him. Right. That that's kind of not a, not only that too, but you know, as much as I do not have the same problem with Michael Bay yeah. that a lot of movie critics do, mm-hmm. um, you know, I kind of agree. If you go far enough, I will agree on the critic side. Like if you. You could pick any Michael Bay movie you want to, and if right. you think it's the best movie that you've ever seen, <laughs> right. you're wrong. Right. I mean, I, I just get Your opinions I, are not I just good. get to say that it, uh-huh. you know you're wrong. At some point, you're crazy. If you think it's the greatest movie that's ever been made or something, I don't care what Michael Bay movie it was. Right. But I don't think on the you know slightly different side of critics, I don't hate most of the stuff that he's done. Right. There's still, you know, there's something to be said for a decently made mm-hmm. action, you know, kind of goofy, whatever, yeah. right? I mean, that is that is something that's allowed to exist right. without just everyone bagging on it. Yeah. 
But at the same time, I don't think that Michael Bay, you know, as a storyteller, right. is very competent. And if yeah. you take something like, you know, take a Transformers movie, you know, there's no story you're telling, right? right. There's right. like, you know, yeah. here's a part where there's a conflict. Here's a part where we have to run to the next thing to watch something else blow up or right. kill this thing or whatever. There's not like a story that you're telling. Right. And that's okay. I mean, it's, you know, that's not, yeah. that, that doesn't mean that, and therefore that's the worst movie that's ever been made, right? Right. But now you stick him in something where he's got to tell a story and he's not doing it. And right. it's partially the uh, the screenplay's fault, to be honest, because um, the screenplay is just kind of laying out the facts, you know, and right. laying out the facts of what happened is not telling a story. Right. There's a lot of times in this movie that I was very close to actual boredom mm-hmm. where where I was sitting there going and and. At the same time, somehow, I still want to watch it. Yeah. I wanted to know what exactly the crazy things were that was happening. Yeah. But I was really kind of bored with it. And and it is a little bit of a long movie. It's not insanely long. Yeah. And there weren't a lot of times that it felt like it was super long either. But there were a lot of times where I was kind of at the point where, especially once you get past like halfway in the movie, where – you know, I was like, if I had the Cliff Notes version of this movie, I would just read that and leave. Right. I mean, because it was just, I wanted to know what was going to happen. I mm-hmm. wanted to see like the, you know, five minute long summary video that somebody spliced right. together somehow where right. you know all the things or or maybe just, you know, cut in a few of the really good scenes or something. Yeah. But I was really getting bored because it wasn't really trying to tell a story. Right. It was just like some, you know, super newsreel that yeah. we were making of these are all the steps and this is what happened. Right. And like you said about, you know, Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne Johnson, if they weren't in this. Yeah, cuz even when you I felt would like not that. you would not be able to watch it. I, I felt the same way you, you would do. have to have that yeah. you, you've got to have that kind of coming through that yeah. they can deliver and keep you on. Otherwise, you know, I don't know, like people would be walking out of this, I it, think. It's weird. I mean, it's easy to it's easy to use Michael Bay as a punching bag or as a foil for all kinds of stuff, just like what you said, because of the type of films that he makes. But it, it, I'll say this about the movie. It, never before have I thought about a Michael Bay movie like 24 hours after I saw it. Right. Like I did with this. Right, right. And and because we say this in the show, we saw this yesterday. You know, this is pretty close to instant. We just saw it, you know, 24 hours ago. Right. And 24 hours later, I was thinking about it again and going, man, that's not not thinking about it in terms of what am I going to say on the show? But I was just thinking about it. Right, I'm right. like, man, what do I think about this movie? Because I don't I don't love it and I don't hate it. And if I if I'm somewhere in the middle, like, am I in the middle because it was positively in the middle or was I? in the middle because it was negatively in the middle. Like right. it's a real weird film. It is. It is a very weird it's, film. It's a great all, film altogether. I was having fun talking to you. I mean, today and yesterday after we saw it, it's a fun movie to talk about because it's a, it's an interesting device to speak about summer films or films in general, but to kind of rate it, it's not hard to rate it either, but to think about why I'm rating it, what I'm rating it is the interesting right. weird thing because I feel a gamut of things. I was interested in it. I'm, charismatically drawn to you know some of the characters right. i think a lot of what they do is boring and exactly. i think exactly what you said it's just it's not telling a story it's just 
telling you the events of the story. Right. Like you've got to know how to put that together better. Right. But then like when I'm starting to lose interest in it and I'm never looking at my watch, but because I'm almost always watching Dwayne Johnson or Mark Wahlberg on the on the screen. And I like both of those guys together and separately. I think they're very charismatic and underappreciated talents for almost the same reasons. Right. You know, you look at Dwayne Johnson, even though he's dropped not in this movie, he put on a bunch of muscle, but he was really slimming down a bunch and playing these guys who I think he's got more talent above the level of characters he's been playing. Right. We just got done talking about this like a couple of right. shows ago. Right. And and Ma- Mark he's Wahlberg, so... the same thing. Mark exactly. Wahlberg at least is in a place where he's getting, he's getting plenty more... of yeah. recognition at, right. at this point. He's a, you even said at one point, like, he's he is you good at like, this. Yeah, I, and I, I can't agree more. He's just, you give him the ability to... to play somebody who isn't himself and he's going to surprise you I think. Right. And and that was what kept me and, from being and, totally and he's, bored. He's really good in this and not only that but he has to play as odd a thing as it might yeah. sound given the nature of the story and the characters he has to play a very tricky guy to play. Yeah. Because he has to be I mean he has to be kind of convincingly stupid right? for one thing but he has to be kind of charismatic in order to get away with the stupidity that mm-hmm. he, that he has and he also has to you know make you think that he's a little slimy and crazy right and it's like all at the That's same hard. time it's a very specific guy that he's got to play and he can't make you like the guy too much and he can't right. make you just not him. like him right. enough you right. know i mean he's there's that great moment later when he's when they're scouting the second group of people to, to rob and do the same crime to, and the guy has been he's a, like a porn director, some sort of porn king. He, he's yeah. like some porn king, and he just he gets interested in this plan that they're making up, and he's like, I want to meet the board, and he's like, What about me? And he's like, Look, you're frankly just not you know you're not pulling right. this off. You're saying things that no one would ever say. Right. You don't know what really to say to to people to get big money. And this is when things really get bad. But just like you laid out, he makes that character so fully rounded in a way that is believable that that's really difficult to do. Right. It's easy to kind of be, I mean, easy enough, but it's easy to be like a one-dimensional guy, which you could argue Dwayne Johnson and Andre, um, Adrian characters Kind of are, are really, yeah. They're really just kind of lunk-headed in one direction, one lunk-headed stupid and one lunk-headed religious. Right. You know, and that's kind of easy and not fair to them, but it, I can see it. You can't really throw that on Mark Wahlberg's character. Right. He, he's a lot of different stuff at all. Sometimes and and even time. even from uh, right out of that same scene that you were talking about, when he talks to uh, this porn king guy, which, you know, somebody being the guy who makes a bunch of money through porn is right. probably just about in the same boat of public opinion <laughs> right. as, you know, bodybuilders or something, right? Yeah. You figure they're pretty that you don't have to be that bright to do it or whatever. And this guy knows what he's doing. He's yeah. not a dummy. Yeah, right? he just happens to be in this business. And right, this is just the business he picked or whatever. And as far as Mark Wahlberg's character goes, you know, it's like when he's talking to that guy and the guy actually finally breaks down and says, Look, you're kind of stupid, right? Right. And you know what it is, though, is like Mark Wahlberg's character is like, you know, just dumb enough to not have any idea how dumb he is. Right. I mean, he like because he doesn't think he, he's dumb. Yeah, he's not smart enough to know what he doesn't know. He's dumb enough right. to be the opposite. Right. Yeah, right. He's he's dumb enough to 
he's smart enough to like kind of orchestrate this little maneuver that they're trying to do with the porn king, but he's not smart enough to know that he is way too stupid to right. say anything that's actually going to sound believable to anybody. Right. Or that, you know, like a guy can't talk to him for five minutes and know that he is way too dumb to be pulling anything off right. and stuff. So, you know, it's a very tricky yeah. balance. And also before, like, we're getting a little bit low on time, I also want to say, like, I've already kind of bagged on Michael Bay. But then I also want to kind of take the devil's advocate side of Michael Bay, which I'm not even, you know, entirely sure I don't believe. Which is there's you know there's a sense in which this movie is directed really poorly because like I said it doesn't really bring the story together and it it just doesn't kind of like I said, there's this movie should be grabbing me mm-hmm. and, and pulling me kind of more into this story and so I kind of have to blame that on Michael Bay but at the same time he's got this screenplay he's got he is Michael Bay and he could make the screenplay probably to a certain extent what he wanted, which is kind of weird because we were just talking about how he, it's not like he's actually made that many movies. No, he really hasn't. It's just that he's Michael Bay and everybody knows who he is. Right. right. But, and the movies he's made have made tons of money or whatever, but so that gets you something. But, you know, on kind of the devil's advocate side, he's, he's shooting the screenplay he's got. And this is, you know, the screenplay itself doesn't exactly try to be a story. Right. It's just kind of a really big outline yeah. of of what happens. And it doesn't have much going on that's going to be like the glue to a story. Right. It's best shot at that, which is funny because I don't know if this is based in reality at all, but his, the best shot is like the Ed Harris character. Right who yeah. comes in and then is like looking at stuff from the outside when uh Tony Shalhoub's character goes free and he's in the hospital and the whole thing he tells the story to the cops and they don't believe him which is true right which is like which is what, what really happened, happened. Yep. forever he could not get people to listen to him at all about what happened right and uh, so, you know, what's he going to do? What, right. You know, what can you do? What recourse is, you know, left and, to him? And then along the same, along the lines of being so stupid that you don't even have any idea how stupid you are, is that Mark Wahlberg actually just moves into his house. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's got the deed signed, and now he's just in. Like, right. He right. had him sign over all his assets to him. So, and he thinks it's So he easy. just goes, like, it's right now. It's right. mine. He, right. You know, chats at the neighbors. He starts the right. neighborhood watch because he thinks, and he, he thinks that's really clever. Right. That he's going, look, I'm, I'm making myself a part of the community. Yeah. I'm just a normal guy now. <laughs> like yeah, as though that, awesome. as though that were a way that that could go down. Right. right. He's not even smart enough to, you know, he's got the title and like quietly sell the house right. and get the money and get right. out of go, there right. or do whatever. No, he just moves in. Right. He just, right. he just goes, "Yep, this is my house. I got yep. my ride mower. I'm, I'm just I just <laughs> live here, here now." Yeah. Um but but anyway, like um the the Ed Harris char- character has kind of that chance. Yeah. to bring it all together. Unfortunately, there's no way to get to him any faster. Right. You can't, you can't have you him can't earlier in the story. Right. right. Which would be you you might think though that maybe there would be 
since we don't have to be the exact absolute story the way that it, it happened, somebody else putting this screenplay together might somehow have him show up at an earlier point where we would just kind of talk about him for a while right. or right. have him have something where we got to see him a little earlier or, you know, well, work the characters together yeah. a little better you got, or something. I thought I thought the same thing, too, when we were watching it. And after we walked out, I thought you basically got, you know, you I think you have three voiceovers, really. But if you had had Ed Harris doing the narration over the film right. instead of always Mark Wahlberg's character in the beginning as kind of a like, this is based on true events. This is this guy. This is what he's done. You would have been able to brew that a little bit differently. Right. But really, even you're if right, you had, uh, really late. Even if you had something like where we would be looking at Tony Shalhoub's character a right. little bit from the, from outside, the outside, yeah, more than just that he shows up to get trained and we right. talk to him a little bit, right? But if we had seen like because the real story is. You know, people don't take him seriously at the end for a reason, right. because he's a well-known sleazy guy yeah. who might just well do this, you know, yeah. who who this kind of makes sense for. Because yeah. when they, they try to tell this, get this story going that he ran away with some girl and decided to just disappear. Right. And that's not a story you can sell yeah. just because you kidnap someone. Right. You have to kidnap the right person. Right. Right. And maybe if we had just some other parts, but we're very focused on Mark Wahlberg's character, and it's just kind of not enough to make it yeah. into a story. And like I said, we're running out of time, but it just ultimately was such a weird experience to yeah. watch the movie. It it was kind of unique. It's almost like an interesting movie just for that fact. Yeah. Like just because it's – it's such a weird thing. Yeah. It was a weird viewing to watch the movie because it's it's going really slow. And, you know, we talked about action that's not really action or whatever. The movie's going really slow, but at the same time, there is actually all this stuff happening. Yeah. It's, it's just, very busy. It's just not action. It's, frantic, it's right. just it is, like it, – it, It's action at a – you know, it's not action at a frenetic pace, basically. Right. It's just like narrative frantically right you know and that's it's weird it's like, almost like bizarrely like shakespearean in like the weird connections that people have yeah. and it's like you know nobody's in like a horse race or a right. car chase or whatever except every time you turn around somebody's dead or <laughs> something bad's yeah. happening or whatever well, it's just like for it not being like michael bay ish even without, I mean, I still always see the the camera panning, like I'm showing you, like the audience, right. see, but the camera panning down under the, you know, Dwayne Johnson, and it is the Michael Bay angle. If right, that's like right. a 13 degree angle, that's now known as Michael Bay, right. you know. And it's got these things, and the rest of it doesn't always feel like him because there aren't asteroids or, you know, there's no Aerosmith song in the in the movie at all, you know. But there are other hints about Michael Bay that are there, and an easy thing to say whether or not this is true for the story or not. The women are really only there to, you know, beat Google and to be oh, sexist. Well, yeah, you know, right. any time a woman is on screen, it's to this thirteen-year-old fantasy of what women are. Right. Whether she's the ditzy hut model gym rat that Mark Wahlberg gives. Well, know, and, and it's, fu and it's funny because like the stripper. That's how he gets where he is. Yeah. Because um, that's kind of a part going into the beginning of the the play. Right. 
is that he gets a job at this uh, you know he's already there where we see parts but he like flashes back flashes to how back, how he yeah. got here right he, he got this job at this gym and said he was going to triple the membership and everything and so that's one of the things that he did right is yeah. free membership for strippers right and because can, then everyone else will show up right. and want a membership sure. right because that's the thing you do the thing that's really weird about the whole story once you start looking at that stuff is you know he really did triple the membership yeah He's, you know, he's clever enough. Right. He's to, just clever enough to be dangerous. He's just clever enough to be who he is. Yeah. Like, he actually could have just stuck to being who he was. Right. Coming up with these ideas that he had, he had several different ideas that he got the, yeah. the membership at this gym way high. And the guy who owns the gym is making tons of money, right? right. Like, he could have actually just done that yeah and you know in another five or ten years he would have been like the king of that right. and he would have had he would have right. opened his own gym and done yeah. the things that he knows how to do to get that to work yeah and you know it could have been a very different story but all yeah. of a sudden he just like one day he woke up and yeah went to the <laughs> went to the seminar that and, told him to be a doer right there's a lot of funny stuff in here that is also very purposeful, and it's easy to knock Michael Bay like one could knock, uh, you know, a bodybuilder and just be like, oh, you're just a lunkhead. You know, there's stuff in here. There's social commentary going on. There's irony. There's all kinds of things with Mark Wahlberg's character and with others. Right. The easiest is Mark Wahlberg's character's whole basis of, you know, success is make a plan for yourself, do it, and, you know, stick to the regiment, you know, and he didn't, he broke his own value system there like if you want the body that he's got you have to work hard and day by day you'll get it right but he doesn't want the fortunes the way he so he breaks that and it's there's all of these things that subtly are working and that I, that i feel are very purposeful right. in and, a way and, Michael and Bay, actually kind of come through and yeah and really it, work right? in a way i kind of think in some strange way even though i didn't necessarily love this michael bay movie i thought michael bay was in on the joke about himself and kind of was showing it, right? Like just being like, "Yeah, I get it. I make these movies because I really love to see shit explode." Right, right. Not to see and, characters and have this. It's arc. funny too because uh, you know, right along those same lines, right? The Mark Mark Wahlberg's character he talks at the beginning about how the you know like basically fat people yeah. <laughs> or right. like people who do not you know have the willpower and self-control to do what they should do to get what they want. Right. Really piss him off. Right. Except that he, apparently he's one of them. He's one of them. Right. <laughs> and it's, right. it comes, he has a whole right. long, you know, he has this whole monologue about how yeah. this is the American, American way. way and yeah, it's, right. You know, it's unpatriotic to be fat. Like, right. They piss him off. Like the whole universe is about fitness and right. And and it's not even, you know, fitness the way he talks about it, but it's just like you're, you know, you're letting yourself down right. by not right. doing what you should be doing, yeah. except if you want to, if you want to get successful and money, people you know, the way to steal their money. This. Right. So, all right, we're about a minute and a half out. We should try to review it. Right. We should get rid of stuff. Also, um, Iron Man 3 next week. So, yeah, next week's uh, going to be really exciting. That will be fun. I feel like... You know, I'm kind of right in the middle, and there are about this movie, 
And not only are there good things about this movie, but I kind of feel like I would have to recommend it to a fair number of people just because watching it is interesting. It's interesting. So I don't, there are, I feel like I would be okay with myself giving it like one and a half stars actually, Mm -hmm. but I think I'm kind of more like two, you know, there's enough interesting stuff going on. And at the end, even if it's not a great movie, fun and interesting to have watched it. Right. So, right. Uh, That's pretty much right. I was basically at the same spot. I wasn't going to go below two. But I don't know that I could ever give it more than just average, you know. And my first instinct right. is right. It it's got problems. It's still really interesting to watch, but not everybody wants to go see a Michael Bay film starring The Rock and Mark Wahlberg about criminals and get this film that they're gonna get. Right. So in a way, that kind of brings it down a bit. I I would give it two stars too. Right. You know, it's it's just below average. But it's also really above average for all the stuff we've it, been in saying. several ways. In all the right. ways we've in been several saying. ways, so it has its interesting moments. So, anyway, so right, um, the live show is going to end, and I think we'll just cut yeah. it right off um, next week. Tune in for Iron Man three, and we will go check out the website and send us a voicemail, send us an email, yeah, get in touch, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you.